Welcome to Shiloh Church. We hope you enjoy today's message. If you are in the Jacksonville, Florida area, please join us for worship or watch our services online at shiloh.church. Thank you. The righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our all-sufficient prophet, priest, and king. And in his name, we pray now that you would cause our worship to go higher as you deepen our understanding of your word. Be our teacher. Guide us to the truth. Help us to be hearers of the word and not doers only, lest we deceive ourselves. Help me to speak your word with faithfulness, clarity, authority, passion, wisdom, humility, and freedom. As the seed of the word is planted and watered, we look to you to give an increase. And reserve, as always, to you alone the highest praise and full credit for the fruit that shall come from this time in Jesus' name. Amen. First Chronicles chapter 4 is a chronology, a list of descendants. It's in a series of chronologies or genealogies. And amidst this list of names, verse 9 and 10 of chapter 4 shines a spotlight. I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible, and therein the reading of God's Word is this. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my borders, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. Amen. You may be seated. I want to label the message, the life God blesses, the life God blesses. In the year 2000, Bruce Wilkinson of Walk Through the Bible Ministries turned the obscure character in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 into an international phenomenon with the publication of his little book, The Prayer of Jabez. That little book became a runaway hit and a long-standing New York Times bestseller. For that matter, The Prayer of Jabez became its own franchise. In its heyday a little more than a decade ago, you could go to a store and not only buy the original Jabez book, you could buy the Prayer of Jabez for women, the Prayer of Jabez for teens, the Prayer of Jabez for kids, the Prayer of Jabez devotionals, the Prayer of Jabez journal, and the Prayer of Jabez leather edition. Not to mention caps, t-shirts, coffee mugs, 
posters, and even Jabez mouse pads for your computer. Without a doubt, this obscure biblical personality is now a bona fide star. And truly, the story of Jabez has done much to affirm the divine blessings that come to righteous people who practice believing prayer. However, the prayer of Jabez has inadvertently shined the spotlight on the wrong person in the text. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 is not about Jabez. It is about God. These verses are not about the prayer of Jabez. They are about the good, sovereign, just, holy, wise, and gracious God that answered Jabez's prayer. And the message about God in this text is good news for every true believer, not just Jabez. The good news is this. The Lord God is still in the blessing business. But as we consider the subject of blessings, we must remember that God is sovereign. He has absolute authority, complete control, and total free jurisdiction over everything. God is God all by himself. This means that the blessings of God are the blessings of God. You cannot quote the prayer of Jabez as if it is some magical mantra that guarantees God will provide what you desire, pursue, or request. Because God is sovereign, when you pray, you must pray and wait and trust and obey and give thanks no matter what the outcome is. Likewise, by way of introduction, let me remind us that the blessings of God are directly and intimately connected to a personal relationship to God. You cannot know the blessings that Jabez experienced if you do not know God as Father through saving faith in the bloody cross and empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot receive the blessings of God if you do not believe in Jesus. But flip the record over and play the other side. If Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, friend, you are already blessed. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in Christ has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every Christian is eternally blessed in Christ. 
However, you can fail to appropriate the blessings of God on your life if you don't walk right. So I want to lift for us today this biblical snapshot of the life of Jabez in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, as these two verses teach us three marks of the life our sovereign and gracious God tends to bless. Three marks of the life God blesses. Three marks of the life God blesses. First of all, God blesses the life that is marked by purity. God blesses the life that is marked by purity. In this chronology, genealogy, there is a list of names, and then it is as if there is a pause in verse 19 with an abrupt announcement. Verse 9 says, that is, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. The word honorable translates the Hebrew word that refers to weight. This word for weight is the word that is used throughout the Old Testament for the glory of God. The weight of God is his glory. The, the weight of a man is his honor. Jabez was an honorable man. He had weight to him. That is, he was a man of substance, of gravity, of character. Jabez was not a moral lightweight. He was honorable. In fact, the text says he was more honorable than his brothers. The chronicler here does not specify in what sense Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, but the meaning of the word and the context of the passage seems to make it clear that the writer is not talking here about something physical or material or financial or social or political. This is a spiritual reality being discussed here. Jabez was a man of strong moral courage, conviction, and conduct. His motives were pure. His ways were upright. His character was blameless. Jabez was an honorable man. And I commend to you today, church, that this is the first reason why God blessed his life. God tends to bless the life that is marked by purity. Jabez was a man of honor, which means God blessed him not so much because of what he did, but because of who he was. God blesses the life that is marked by purity. Be clear, however, no one can purify himself or herself from the defilement of sin. Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 23 says, Can an Ethiopian change his skin or his leopard his spots? If so, then you can do good who are accustomed to doing evil. Sin defiles us. And there is nothing we can do to purify ourselves before the Lord. Our only hope of salvation is through faith 
in the Lord Jesus Christ who died at the cross to pay for our sins and rose from the dead to give us new life. And when you run to the cross and trust in the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ, you are declared positionally righteous before God. In Christ, all are positionally righteous before God, yet we still have a long way to go for our practice to match our position. But here in the text before us, there's a fundamental reason why you should press on toward the mark of perfect Christ-likeness. It is simply this. God blesses the life that is marked by purity. A famous man sat on stage at a banquet being held in his honor, and as he sat there over the course of dinner, he had a little too much to drink. And at a certain point, he leaned over to the beautiful young lady sitting next to him and asked if she would spend the night with him for $25,000. She smiled coyly and nodded yes. But after another drink, he leaned over again and said, how about 50 bucks? And she lost it on him. In front of the whole crowd, she started yelling and screaming and cussing. And she finally said to him, just what do you think I am? To which he replied, we've already established what you are. We are now only discussing what the price is going to be. Come here, let me ask you something. What's your price? What does it take to get you to compromise your commitment to Christ? What, what moves you to negotiate your devotion to God? I want to plead with you today, brothers and sisters, to take yourself off the market. Stop prostituting your faith. Hang a sign over your heart that reads, not for sale. Pray with David the words of Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God blesses the life that is marked by purity. And to say that Jabez was an honorable man it's not in any way suggested Jabez was a perfect man. Jabez, like all saints of God, was both righteous and sinful at the same time. Being pure and being perfect are not synonymous. If being perfect was the stipulation for receiving the blessings of God, none of us would qualify because no person on earth has ever lived a perfectly righteous life except the Lord Jesus Christ. 
God is not looking for perfection from your life, but God is looking at the direction of your life. And I believe the text teaches us that God will bless you if he finds that your life is headed in the right direction. You are progressing in the ways of Christ, and you are allowing his word to be a lamp for your feet and a light for your pathway. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, puts it this way, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things that you are tempted to worry about, God will take care of them. Here, friends, is the principle of blessability. The principle of blessability. I think I made that word up. If so, I baptized it and anointed and send it forth today. The principle of blessability is this. God typically blesses the person that he can trust with the blessing. It's dangerous for the Lord to put something in your hand if your heart ain't ready for it. God typically blesses the person who can be trusted with the blessing. The famous Chicago evangelist D.L. Moody's life was changed when he overheard a man say that the world is yet to see what God can do through the life of a man that is totally surrendered to him. And in response, D.L. Moody said, by the grace of God, I will be that man. I want to challenge you today, friends, to make that same commitment and watch God bless your life. God blesses the life that is marked by purity. Secondly, God blesses the life. Hold on to your pew. God blesses the life that is marked by purity pain. Watch the story shift in verse 9. Just a snapshot, but the snapshot gives us a broad look at the man's life. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. In Genesis 3.16, Genesis 3.16 records God confronting Eve for her role in the fall of man into sin. And the curse of the fall associated with Eve, God says, through pain you will give birth. The blessing of a child is, is indeed a blessing, but the curse of the fall associates pain with the process of childbirth. Yet, for many mothers, the pain of childbirth is soon forgotten when the new baby is in her arms. Without speculating, we don't know, there was something so painful about the birth of this child 
that it lingered with the mother eight days later on the day of his circumcision when family and friends and the community gathered together to hear what the family was going to name the new child. Mama said, his name will be Jabez. Jabez? Why Jabez? She said, because I bore him in pains. Now, as one whose name is H.B., Really in no position to talk about anybody's name, but this is a really bad name. The Hebrew word, Jabez, is, it means grief, pain, sorrow. Imagine growing up with that name. And by naming him Jabez, this was not just a statement about his birth. This was a prediction about his life, future, and destiny. This name predicted that this boy was doomed to grow up, to live a life that would be characterized by pain. He would both give and receive much pain. He would both experience and administer great pain. From his mother's arms, his life was marked by pain, yet God blessed him. And I stand to tell you that God still has a way of blessing the life that has been marked by pain. The author Philip Yancey was introduced to the world of modern-day leprosy by meeting Dr. Paul Brand. He was surprised to recognize how in the numbness leprosy produces, you miss a vital gift God has given the human body, and that is the gift of pain. And as a result of their work together, they wrote a helpful book with an apt title. It is called Pain, the Gift Nobody Wants. Indeed, pain is a gift, if you think about it, but nobody wants it. We think of the blessed life as being painless, carefree, and happy. The way we define blessings in terms of physical health, material prosperity, financial wealth, excludes pain from the equation. We think blessedness is about pleasure, not pain. But the story of Jabez reminds us that pain in life is inevitable. You can't control it. He was marked by pain as a child. Yet the story reminds us that God does not have to prevent or limit or erase your pain to bless you. I wish y'all felt like this with me today. God can bless you in the pain. 
God can bless you through the pain. God can bless you in spite of the pain. A.W. Tozer wrote, it is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly without first hurting him significantly. It is doubtful that God can use a man greatly without hurting him significantly. You see, if God lifts you up, without permitting pain, when he lifts you up, it will be easy for you to forget how you got to where you are. So, so as God lifts you up, he gives a thorn in the flesh so, so that when he lifts you up, it is impossible for you to forget that where I am, God brought me. What I know, God taught me. And what I have, God gave me. May the Lord teach us to sing the words of Psalm 119, verse 71. Psalm 119, verse 71 says, it was good for me that I was afflicted that I may learn your statutes. Watch that. He didn't say it was good to me, but it was good for me. I don't want to linger here, but I sure wish I had a witness that it was good for me. I didn't like the pain, but there are things about God that I never would have known if God didn't let me go through the pain. My faith wouldn't be as deep as it is. My, my joy wouldn't be as full as it is if God did not permit the pain. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Write it down. This is the big point I'm trying to make here. There is purpose in your pain. I am not suggesting that pain in and of itself is a blessing. You are a sick person if you like pain. Pain in and of itself is not a blessing. But God has a way of using pain as a springboard to purpose. As long as life is manageable in your own strength, wisdom, and resources, you will easily forget where your help comes from and fail to seek God. So there are times when God permits you to come to an end of yourself. He allows pain to bring you to an end of yourself so that pain will bring you to Him so that He can use the pain to conform you to the image of His Son. Hear me today, friends. A candle must be burned to give light. Coal must be consumed to produce heat. Grapes must be crushed to give wine. 
Wheat must be grounded in order to produce flour. And believers have to go through pain and hurt and trial and disappointment and setback in order to learn how great your God is. Think of it this way. There is a carpenter, and this carpenter needs his hammer. It's a necessary tool, helpful tool, useful tool. He doesn't get his work done without his hammer. He doesn't imagine going to work without his hammer. Everything he accomplishes is through the assistance of his hammer. He lifts up the hammer as the greatest tool a carpenter can have. Nails had feelings and volition and could speak, they would tell a whole nother story about that old hammer. To the nail, the hammer is a hard taskmaster. The, the hammer is a brutal beast. The, the hammer is an unrelenting monster that keeps pounding and pounding the helpless nail into a spot that it never intended to be. But while the nail is complaining, it forgets the great fact, Lord help me, that the same hand that holds the nail holds the hammer. Hallelujah. It is by the sovereign decision of the carpenter that he chooses the hammer and the nail, and he determines what place the nail will be driven into. And this, friend, is the truth you need to know. It really doesn't matter how much life hurts. What matters is, am, am I in the hands of God? Even if he's hurting me, it's just because he's trying to get me, talk to me here, somebody, to where he wants me to be. God blesses the life that is marked by purity. Secondly, God blesses the life that is marked by pain. Thirdly, God blesses the life that is marked by prayer. This is where I wish I had a full sermon worth of time just to deal with this. That's no pulpit excuse for poor exposition. I, I really think this is just a, a, a truth worthy of its own message. Verse 9 is Jabez's reality. Verse 10 is Jabez's response. His response does not reflect his reality. The prosperity teacher would have you to think that as a believer, you can control your reality, and that's just not the truth. He had no control over his pain. He was marked by pain while he was in his mama's arms. He had no control over his reality, but he could control his response. How should you respond to a painful life? Verse 10. 
Jabez called on the God of Israel. This is why I think Jabez became so wildly popular when the little book came out and so many people were attracted to his story. It's because Jabez is a biblical hero we can relate to. In my dreams, I may compare myself to Abraham, to Daniel, to Paul. But the truth is, I'm just Jabez. And you are just Jabez. Jabez is not spotlighted here because he was rich or strong or wise. It is not his talent, his gifts, his accomplishments, his skill, any of those things that cause him to be celebrated in this list of many names. The thing that caused this ordinary man with a painful life to stand out from the crowd is this. He prayed. He was not a king over a nation. He did not win any military battles. He was not a wealthy man. But scripture shines a spotlight on him for this simple reason. He could get a prayer through. Are y'all in here with me? And the prayer of Jabez teaches us in no uncertain terms that if you are going to experience the blessings of God on your life, it happens after prayer. There's a whole lot you can do to make a difference in the situation after you pray, but nothing you do will make a difference until you pray. When, when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. Charles Spurgeon said it well. Listen, he said, prayer is the slender nerve that moves the hand of omnipotence. God will move if you pray. Here in verse 10, we see what it means to have a blessed life. First, we see that the provisions of God are a blessing. Notice his first request in verse 10. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. Jabez asked God to bless him personally. Bless me. That's important. Because... It won't help for God to change stuff around me if he don't do something in me. We keep asking God to change stuff. We keep moving from place to place, waiting on things to get better and things don't get better. And I know why they don't get better because we keep taking us with us everywhere we go. So Jabez starts, bless me. Then then he prays for his circumstances, enlarge my border, enlarge my coast, enlarge my territory. This personal, bold, confidence, specific prayer request encourages us to pray as Jabez did. Pray believing God is willing to hear and able to answer prayer. Pray believing that God 
already knows what you're going through. Pray believing that God cares about your pain and hurt and needs and goals and dreams and desires. Pray believing that there is nothing too hard for God. Pray believing that God is ready, willing, and able to bless you. Do you know why we don't get answers to prayer? James 4 verse 2 tells us, you do not have because you do not ask. There's nothing deep about that. It's guaranteed that you won't get an answer if you don't pray. But James 4 verse 3 adds that when you ask, you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passion. By that, James 4 3 is teaching God does not answer selfish prayers. When I was a boy, the older Christians used to, I used to hear them say, you know, you don't want everybody praying for you. They may pray against you, but God doesn't answer selfish requests. I don't care who prays for me or prays against me. It, it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to happen that God doesn't allow. God does not answer selfish prayers. Gary E. Gilly wrote a helpful critique of the prayer of Jabez that he called, I just wanted more land. And if that's all you want from God is just more land, you have no biblical reason to, ex to expect that God will grant your selfish requests or fulfill your selfish desires. Listen to this next sentence. God will eventually stop sending blessings to you if he cannot get blessings through you. But having made that qualification, I want to say to you, church, there is nothing wrong, sinful, or unspiritual about asking God for more. There's nothing wrong with asking God for more. Matthew 7 verse 11 says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work in us. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says that my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There is nothing wrong with asking God for more. The Puritan John Newton wrote it this way, Thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power are such that none could ever ask too much. The provision of God are a blessing, but not only that, the presence of God is a blessing. Look at the prayer again. All that you would bless me, and enlarge my borders, that's not it, and that your hand might be with me. The hand of God is 
anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphism describes divine reality in human terms so that our finite minds can understand infinite greatness. John 4.24 says God is spirit, therefore God does not have hands as we do. But scripture uses this idiom, the hand of God, to describe the power of God. His hand is a way of speaking of his power in a way that will make sense to us. So listen to the prayer again. This is why Jabez is an honorable man. He boldly says, Lord, I live in a tight space. Give me more land. Give me more room. Give me more territory. But watch the parallel request. Lord, when you give me the new land to live in, don't leave me by myself. I need your hand to be with me. Jabez recognized that he needed God's provisions and God's presence. God's provision without his presence is our problem. Read Luke 15 and let the prodigal son testify. In the most arrogant of statements, the prodigal son told his father, I want to live independent of you, but I want you to finance my independence. He got his cut of the inheritance from his father and went and lived in the big city until he lost everything he had. And it is there that he recognized the goodness of his father. And he concluded that it was better to be a slave in his daddy's house than to be a playboy in the far country. And when Jabez prays that your hand might be with me, he is simply praying, Lord, don't let me have a prodigal son experience. Don't don't let me have to lose everything before I remember how good you are. Don't let trouble have to hit me before I recognize where my help came from. Don't let crisis have to arise before I realize, Lord, you are good to me. Hear me today. Hear me today, church. You don't just need what's in God's hand. You need his hand. Stop asking about what's in the hand. Just, just say, Lord, keep your hand near me. Because if your hand is near me, whatever I need is in his hand. Psalm 119, verse 73, let your hand be ready to help me, for I have sought your precepts. Isaiah 41, verse 10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. John chapter 10, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says of his sheep, I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. Neither can anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So let me give you some advice. 
Time is filled with swift transitions. None of earth's unmoved can stay. So build your hope on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging heritage. The provisions of God are a blessing. The presence of God is a blessing. But then I need you to see that the protection of God is a blessing. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm, keep me from evil, that it might not bring me pain. So, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, translated into English, and the, the Hebrew is translated different ways. W one reading suggests that this final petition is a prayer for protection against anything that would harm him. This is how the ESV renders it in the text before us. Keep me from harm that it might not bring me pain. But at this point, many translations and most scholars take the alternative reading that would have Jabez praying, listen, for protection from himself, not from people or circumstances. The New King James says it's something like this. Keep me from evil that I might not cause pain. I believe this is the correct rendering of the text. In asking God's hand to be with them, Jabez is not concerned about enemies around him. He is concerned about the enemy within him. Bless me, give me more land, but keep your hand close so that I won't do something evil in the more land and cause pain. He is saying, Lord, if you don't keep me, I'll fulfill my name. He is saying, Lord, I need your hand to watch over me so that, watch me, so that my label doesn't become my legacy. Lord, keep me from causing pain by doing evil. Jabez recognizes something that you and I need to remember, that sin will rob you of the blessings of God. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. So you and I need to pray like Jabez. Forget, forget all that hater stuff. This is what you need to pray. Lord, protect me from me. In the 14th century, there was a duke named Reynold III. After the death of his father, he and his brother, Edward, fought for power. Reynold lost. Reynold was not a good leader. He was an undisciplined man who, among the common people, was called in the Latin tongue, crassus, which was Latin for fat. After losing to his brother, Edward, Edward did not kill his brother, but he 
imprisoned Reynold in a specially designed tower built around his usually obese brother. And in an act of mercy, quote, unquote, he told Reynold, you're free to leave anytime you want to. This would seem like a golden opportunity. The windows were not locked. The door was open, though small, just slightly normal size. This is a huge problem for Reynold because he was so overweight, he could not fit through the door. But this still doesn't seem like a problem. You just say you, you, you just diet your way to deliverance. But Edward, knowing his brother, sent him a banquet of food every day. And Reynold could not resist. And instead of growing smaller, he grew larger. And until Edward's death, he lived for 10 years in a prison with an open door. Who am I talking to today? You, you are locked in a prison with an open door. And if you are honest, the problems that you point the finger at others, but if the truth be told, the real problem has to do with your rebellious attitude, your sinful ways, and your lack of discipline. May we learn to find deliverance by praying the prayer of Jabez, Lord, protect me from me. I'm out of time, but there's one more line. That you got to see. If you don't see this, you, you miss the whole text. Last line of verse 10 says, And God granted what he asked. That's the point of the text. I went around the corner just to get across the street. The, the, the point of the text can be stated in three words. God answers prayer. Yes, he does. Do you believe that, church? God answers prayer. Jabez was an honorable man, more honorable than his brothers. Jabez was somehow able to survive a painful life. Jabez took his heart's desire to God in believing prayer. But none of that would have mattered if God had not responded. The point of the text is not that Jabez prayed. The point of the text is that God answers prayer. I feel like for some reason you ought to be a little more excited about that. I said God answers prayer. 
Whatever it is you need God to do in your life today, church, it happens after prayer. There's a lot you could do to fix the situation after you pray, but nothing you do will make a difference until you pray. When we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. God answers prayer. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, Let us come then with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. God hears and answers prayer. So if the world from you withholds of its silver and its gold, and you have to get along with just meager fare, just remember in his word how he feeds the little birds. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If your body suffers pain, and your health you can't regain, and your soul is almost sinking in despair. Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. When the enemy assails and your heart begins to fail, don't forget that God in heaven answers prayer. He will make a way for you, and he will see you safely through. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. When your youthful days are done and old age is stealing on, and your body bends beneath the weight of care. He will never leave you there. He'll go with you to the end. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. And then my mama would sing the chorus. It just said, leave it there. Don't give it to God and try to take it back. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Have I got a witness? Because if you trust and never doubt, he'll surely bring you out. Won't he bring you out? Won't he bring you through? Won't he bring you in? Won't he bring you over? Take your burden, hey, hey, take your burden to the Lord. Look at somebody and tell them, leave it there, leave it there, leave it there. Be not dismayed, whatever be tired, God will take care of you, he will. Make a way out of no way. He will open doors closed in your face. Yes! Yes!
Yes, he will. 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 That ain't even about me. I'm just a praise him for myself. But, but if you knock, he will answer prayer. Give him praise. If you knock, he can get you through the pain. Give him praise. If you knock, he can wash you. Cleanse you. Hey! Hey! Yes, Lord! Yes, Lord! Yes, Lord! Help me help somebody. I don't know why the Lord made me preach this, but this is for somebody. If I knew who you were, if I knew who you were, I'd come right to your seat and put your arm around your shoulder and tell you everything's going to be all right. But since I don't know who you are, I need you to help me for a minute. Shake somebody's hand, look them in the eye, and tell them, neighbor, I don't know what you're dealing with, but I just need you to know that God is still in the blessing business. Don't let go yet. Look them in the eye and tell them, neighbor, the reason I know it is because the Lord is blessing me right now. He walked me for you. Let me pray for you. He's still in the blessing business. He's still in the blessing business. They're handing out pink slips, HB. So what? The doctor said so and so. So what? The lawyer said ain't looking good. So what? God is still in control. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Somebody here needs to take a step of faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody here needs to take a step of faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For contact information, ministry updates, as well as our live Sunday morning broadcast, please visit us online at shallow.church. Thanks again for listening. Have a blessed day.